joining Something New, a musical theater podcast, where I, Joel B. New, invite an exceedingly talented friend over to True Voice Studios NYC at Columbus Circle. We chat a bit, and then we learn and record a song from one of my latest projects, which we end up premiering right here for your listening pleasure. Today's guest artist, James Lapine, told he was sui generis. It sounds like a hog call, but it's Latin and means of its own kind or class, not like anything else. He applied to med school and clown college. He wanted to be a doctor or a clown and chronicles his inner clownflict in his neo-vaudevillian live solo thea- theatrical spectacle Clown Baggage, where med school and clown college collide in a hilarious and virtuosic display of sideshow stunts, burlesque, circus feats, comedy, and pathos. From his Emmy Award-winning turn on the PBS kids' television favorite Cyber Chase, to gallivanting the globe with the Britney Spears Circus, to leading ninjas on the path towards health and hotness as a trainer at Mark Fisher Fitness in Hell's Kitchen, he inadvertently defies categorization. Obviously, I'm talking about Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson, thanks for being on my show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Toby. Oh my god. Once again, I've had a couple of bios on the show where... I can't really hide who this person is for very long uh-huh. because there's just absolutely no one else who could or should have a bio that looks like that. Guys, this is Matt Wilson. Hi there. <laughs> uh, we are back at True Voice Studios this week. Very exciting. And um, I brought Matt over. I mean, if his bio wasn't obvious, he he's not only just a really tremendous musical theater performer and performer in general, but he just does so much. And, they, and, and everything seems to fit beautifully in this puzzle that is Matt Wilson. It's a puzzle. Yeah. And so I want to, let's take it apart, shall we? Okay. And just, you know, go, you know, I always, how do you do puzzles? Do you like, oh my gosh. What's your process? It depends on how much attention I have at any one point. Mm. I always have the best intentions starting the puzzles, and then I usually just leave out all the pieces. And then that's that's it? Yeah. And then it's just like concept art or something. Yeah, exactly. I recontextualize every puzzle I create. I was taught, my dad always taught me to do the corner pieces first. Like, I like that. Sort you build them, the frame. Sort yeah, them totally. and then do the frame. So, so where to begin? Matt Wilson, where are you from and how did you get here? That's a great question. Thank you. That's a wonderful question. And I ask myself that on a regular basis. <laughs> so the deal is I'm, I'm a military brat. My dad was in the Air Force. <laughs> me too. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I knew I liked you. Um, <laughs> so I was born in Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, when I was three, we moved to California. Okay. Uh, around the time I was six, we moved to England. Uh, we moved to Germany when I was around 11. We moved to Virginia when I started 10th grade. So I finished high school in Williamsburg, Virginia. Okay. Then I went to Vassar for college, and then I moved to New York City. You were pre-med. That is correct. I was pre-med at Vassar College. That's uh, crazy. And, that, I, uh, and Yeah, yeah I, I majored in biophysics, and I was a New York State certified emergency medical technician, an EMT, on campus. And I would respond to calls on my unicycle because I also ran the juggling group. 
so your full disclaimer, uh, well, Matt and I have been friends for many, many years. I'm um, a huge Joel B. New fan, and aw. I'm glad that everyone listening is too. Thank you. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to his lovely wife, Stephanie Sign, who was on season one, episode seven. She's awesome. She's very awesome. And now, so it's just kind of like, I'm kind of like collecting the set here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned briefly that you've, or uh, you're, you have this great show called Clown Baggage mm-hmm. that just won its first grant. Yes, I'm very excited. I just Can we talk about yes, that? let's talk about it. Um, it was it's really a privilege. I uh, applied for and won the first of May award, which is the development grant awarded through the Bindlesta Family Circus, which is an amazing performing arts organization. They've been creating circus and sideshow uh, and, and wondrous things for 20 years in the New York City area. So check them out, Bindlesta Family Circus. Uh, C-I-R-K-U-S. And so I've worked with them, and they're kind of peers and mentors. They're more than kind of. They are my peers and my mentors. And um, they've awarded me a, a development grant towards Clown Baggage that's going to help me put up the next iteration of it oh, this year. When and why did you decide to create this solo work? Because it's a solo work. That's correct. It's a solo piece. <laughs> well... So when I was in college, I, I was pre-med and I wanted to be a doctor, but I also wanted to be a clown. Mm-hmm. As long as I can remember, I either wanted to be a doctor or a clown. Um, and I always thought it would be one or the other, even though neither one really makes sense when paired together. And when I was in college, I, I started learning about the work of the Big Apple Circus Clown Care Program, uh, where these performers in hospitals who uh, to who are clown doctors. Kind of like Patch Adams-esque. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I started a juggling group, and I, I really started exploring the circus arts and the variety world and vaudeville and sideshow. I taught myself the human blockhead act, where you um, you put a nail in your face. I taught myself to eat fire, um, and I've been and, and started practicing sword swallowing and stuff like that. Just because it was such a fascinating intersection of performance and science, of biology, anatomy, and um, and spectacle. And so that's kind of where the exploration started. And I always knew I wanted to pursue and create my own clown theater or physical theater. And finally, it was like, well, you know, it's like if you're going to create something. I mean, this is, okay, to the listeners out there, this is one of the reasons why I love Joel B. New. He is one of the most creative and talented and prolific artists that I know. Um, He shows up and he creates constantly. And as an artist, if you're not creating, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's hard. You know, It's, it's hard to to put yourself out there on a regular basis. And, and so my, the, the story of wanting to be a doctor and wanting to be a clown is very personal to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might be an interesting thing to explore using clown and circus uh, theater and sideshow stunts. And so um, I started putting it together. And uh, staff, my wife, directed it. Yep. And um, we have been developing it around town. Uh, Ars Nova asked us to present it. Um, a, a couple years back, which is really awesome. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Ars Nova. Ars Nova. Check them out. Jason Egan and Co., they are the best. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, so we put up uh, about a 40, actually it was about a 60-minute version of it then. And, um, and then I put it away for a little while mm-hmm. um, because it's hard to, you know, when you're creating, you don't always trust yourself, and it's easy to not do it. It's so easy to not do it. Was that thing that um that I, I'm always quoting, uh, misquoting Tim Gunn, who talks about um like being in the monkey house too long, mm-hmm. and to the point where because like you know you go into a monkey house in a zoo and it's, it's like oh it smells terrible in here, and then like a couple minutes go by and you're like oh it's not so bad, and then you don't smell it at all. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of putting a piece down 
and going to it with like a fresh pair of eyes and a fresh pair of nostrils. I love that. That makes yeah. me feel so much better. Yeah, no, that that is the thing for sure. So yeah, so uh, this year I decided I'd, I'd really like to bring it back into focus. I'm so glad. I'm excited too, and so I applied for the. I'm, I've been applying for funding. It's a fiscally sponsored project, which means that I can apply for grants through not for profit organizations through the New York Foundation for the Arts. That's great. And um, and so I applied uh, for the Middle Sis Award, and um, and that's what's happening. I also believe in necessity being the mother of invention. True. Uh, especially in creative invention. Chicken and the egg. Was it the story that came first, or was it the need to create something that was all yours? That's a really great question. Um, it's funny because Steph and I actually talk about this a lot as creative collaborators. All I really okay for example, I basically just wanted to do a show that does all the stuff that I love to do. You know, like the Human Blockhead. Because it is. I mean, because like it it is a Matt Wilson grab bag. Like if you don't, I mean, you should go when it, whenever you do this. Clownbaggage.com. Clownbaggage.com. Um, he does. Everything, and that's something I'm actually really it's proud amazing. of. You should be proud. I think it's going to be the one of the only times you'll ever see such a wide array of feats, physical feats, performed by one person in one place at the same time. Uh, it's kind of styled after a sideshow ten in one, where you see ten different acts in one place. But even there, it's usually done by several performers. Yeah. And so, I but I'm doing them all myself. And so, like for example, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, I started just talking about. It started with the basic story of why I wanted to be a doctor and why I wanted to be a clown and how that kind of fueled my creative exploration Mm -hmm. Um, because that definitely is why I started learning to put things in my face, like nails. Yeah. Um, Which but, I have to turn away. I turn away every time. It's, and that's cool. Sorry. Totally, fortunately, I, Steph thinks it's awesome. I believe I believe it. I believe you do it. I just, I've never seen it. And then, uh, but I also, like, for example, I wanted to get inside a giant six-foot balloon. Yeah. But I didn't have a reason for it. Yeah. Right? You there know? We go. And so Steph was like, well, Matt, if you want to put it in the show, um, you got to come up with a reason. Mm-hmm. And so we together discovered a way of using it as a way of um, uh, kind of recreating a clown class. When you take a clown class with a clown teacher, and I had a specific clown teacher in mind that I end up kind of creating in the show, um, I decided I wanted to kind of not poke fun at clowns per se, but just kind of – the show looks at dreams and wanting – why do we want to be and do the things that we want to do? Mm-hmm. And and it also kind of – it's not poking fun at clown per se, but it's like clown. What does it mean? You know, it means so many things to so many different people. And I'm often not sure what to say when someone asks me what I do or the kind of performing I do because when I say clown, it, they uh, – who knows what they're thinking. Did it come with any other caveats? Yeah, the stipulations, what's really awesome is that uh, – because it actually lights a fire under my ass. Okay. Um, the stipulations are that you use the funds to mount uh, at least a minimum of 45-minute portion of your show um, before the end of this year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So now uh, I have to. Yep. I mean, I was going to, but I said that last now year, you really too, have so, to. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. yeah. To. That's great. So thanks, Keith and Stephanie. Thanks, guys. Uh, so on top of being an incredible clown performer and a circus performer, you're a musical theater performer. What? Um, how do you? How do you view those worlds as being similar and being different? That's wow. You you've got all the good questions. Thank you. I mean. They're different bold versions of expression, I guess. I'm really drawn to bold um, means of expressing oneself. I would believe that. And I think musical theater is very bold. I mean, you know, I appreciate film and and TV and have experienced in both of those worlds. Um, But as far as an individual media goes, um, circus, clown theater, musical theater, they're very bold and um, require... 
a suspension of reality and, and taking the audience someplace that's not pedestrian. Would that you, make sense? Yeah. Would you say they're all in the same hallway but different doors? I would. I definitely would. Um, I mean, I think that it's up to the director to fashion the world. Circus work has, has certainly had a long-standing crossover with musical theater. This, Absolutely. I mean, obviously currently represented by the Pippin Revival, which is doing very well. And you were in a show at Nymph last year that incorporated yes. a lot of circus work. And yes. that, but that was uh, the Awakening of Angel DeLuna. Yeah. So why do you why do you think clown and circus lend themselves so well to to musical theater like that? You know what? It depends because um, I think when or it does comes, it? say that again, or, or does it not? Well, I mean, like it's honestly it's kind of like dance in a musical. Um, are the dancers dancers, and you look at them and you're like, oh, that's a dancer, or? in using dance are you actually moved and taken away by their means of expressing themselves I think it's actually quite challenging to use extreme feats of athleticism in circus much like dance is used to tell a story in the musical theater world or even song is used to tell the story as soon as you're taking out of that world and are like oh that's a good song or oh that's a lovely piece of dance it's no longer mm-hmm. serving the piece yep. and so that's how they're all similar in that whether it's clown or some extreme form of physical theater or whether it's a uh, an epic ballad or a ballet pas de deux or the circus um, as soon as an, as an audience member you're actually separating the form from the piece that you're watching it's no longer serving the piece mm. uh, but that's also similarly why Pippin is such an amazing tour de force because it seamlessly weaves the music and the dancing and the movement and the circus to tell the story As far as, like, the sense of community and the backstage and onstage energy, um, circus versus musical theater, could you speak a little bit to how those communities are different? That's, yeah, uh, ish. So, like, you've got the circus and variety world, but then you've also got, like, the world of the circus in the Circus 10 and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't had the privilege of touring with a circus, but I do know that the structure is very different. I mean, they're all very community-centered and and, and, and family-oriented. When it comes to when you're with the show, you're with the show, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes to the, you know what it is when it comes to the variety world um, and the cabaret circus performance world, uh-huh. you're all independent artists and you're constantly working on what you do. Um, that is something I've talked about with uh, some folks who've crossed over in between the two worlds. Circus artists and variety artists um, never stop working on their craft, much like dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, whereas in in the more traditional theatrical world, there seems to be a, a separation between the work you do on stage and when you leave. Variety artists are independent contractors. Circus artists, like they, you know, they are they're constantly working on. They don't have someone to uh, cast them in a show per uh-huh. se. You know, they don't audition for a show per se. They are constantly pimping themselves out, uh, so to speak, um, and so. They they're all hands on deck basically. Mm-hmm. Would you liken like a circus variety show career because everyone kind of has their act that they do or multiple acts in your case or some something where you're perfecting an act and you bring the act to different houses and different uh, events. Uh, similarly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like an opera performer 
has like five rolls in their pocket. And they're Tokes. like, and I will do, I will play Aida here, here, and here, and this is how I do it. And which is less so in the musical theater world, I'd say. I mean, I definitely, certainly know musical theater actors who are like, oh, I've done this role, I've done Cats, I don't know how many times. Sure. Or, yeah, I think they actually they are very similar in that with, as a variety artist or as a circus artist, you do have an act. And over your course of career, you might learn multiple acts. Mm-hmm. And But typically when it comes to a variety show or a circus, your act is slotted in among several other pieces. Mm-hmm. And depending on the concept or how it works. I mean, these days what's really awesome is there are some uns- amazing ensemble circus groups coming out of, you know, different circus schools and creating work as an ensemble. Um, and so they have their specialty acts, but they're also creating pieces together. Um, but, yeah, I'd say it's definitely much more um, individual, similar to roles, than auditioning for and getting into an ensemble of a show. Yeah. cast as. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to talking about solo work and clown baggage a little bit more um, because I've... I was doing a head count, and I've had three other solo artists on the show already, like um, Gay Marshall, episode 117, Matthew Lee Erlbach of 207, and my last episode was Justin Daniel, um, who've all d- created solo work either in the cabaret scene or in theater or some amalgamation thereof. And so my question to you, which I asked all of them, is... What, for you, are the challenges of creating and starring in a project all by yourself? The challenge is keeping it going, not having anyone to tell me what to do or creating deadlines, um, you know, not having a rehearsal schedule where I need to show up. Yeah. That if I'm going to make this happen, I need to make it happen, and I also have to eliminate everything else and make it a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the advantages of the advantages are that I get to exercise my creative process and really get to know myself as an artist and get to put it up and you know see what that is um, I mean I don't know if that's an advantage or disadvantage <laughs> just because again um, there aren't any constraints but then you actually have to determine what those constraints are for you. No, sure. Sometimes no constraints are the most paralyzing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the rule is there are no rules. No. What am I going to do with that? No. Yeah. So like for clown baggage, I need uh, to find different venues and places, kind of like, not open mics, but different places that support variety work Mm -hmm. to put up individual pieces. So then that would be the first step is I find a place where I'm going to mount a piece Mm -hmm. of my show. But then it's up to me to create the time um, to, po- to to rehearse it and work it and determine what's going to go into it. Mm-hmm. And then I also have to follow up after the fact and be like, well, okay, well, how did that go? Speaking of your story, trying to find a segue. Ooh, nice segue, <laughs> Thank Joel. You. Speaking of Matt, <laughs> so, so then you found yourself at Mark Fisher Fitness. Yes. What is, I just, I assume everybody knows everything, but can you just break down what is Mark Fisher Fitness? Absolutely. So Mark Fisher Fitness is a magical clubhouse uh, all about glory and unicorns Mm -hmm. where uh, I I found it because they do this program called Snatched, which is a six-week educational uh, intensive on, um, you know... It's beautiful and intense. Joel did, right? A couple years ago, yeah. We did it very close to each other, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I found out about it. I, I knew that I was interested in trying to work, you know, working out with kettlebells. I think kettlebells are cool. They're very cool. And I knew that this guy, Mark Fisher, 
trained people with kettlebells in the six-week program called Snatched. So I went to – I signed up for it. It finally worked with my schedule. And I loved them, and they loved me, and I found a family of ridiculous humans, and they offered me a job. Um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because they're all really smart, and they all have a background in performing or are familiar with that world and believe in uh, authentic ridiculousness. Uh, and they're geniuses, and they're the best – team in the history of the world. It's a, it's a beautiful community. It's a beautiful community, yeah. yeah no, it's 39th. Check out markfishyfitness.com. Sign up for the newsletter um, because, yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah, Their YouTube channel is hilarious. Yeah. We just um, released a video that I'm very proud of. It's career highlight about how Mark Fisher Fitness is not a cult. I watched that this morning Did you in see preparation it? for this. Oh, my goodness gracious. It was, yeah, it was intense. Did you see the Voodoo Witch Doctor? Yes. It reminded me of... Um, moment in American Horror Story Coven. Oh, hooray, thank I a, you. I was, I was, I was like, is that a quote? Is that an Yay. homage? Yeah, it was very funny. I assume your your background prepped you for your work at Mark Fisher. Yeah, Fitness. the funny thing is, um, Mark really appreciated the fact that I'm a clown, and that's my background, and he appreciates the kind of clown that I'm drawn to, which is uh, uh, an avant-garde, physical theater, uh, European uh, approach to the art. And so when I was a clown doctor, you would basically walk into a hospital with your partner, and uh, the emphasis was on empowerment, empowerment of the patient. You'd ask permission before you entered anyone's space. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have some time with them, with the family, uh, with the staff, and the goal was to, you know, try something, meet the energy where it's at, shift the energy, and leave on a high note of some kind. You know, it's not necessarily about creating laughter or hilarity. It's about, you know, just kind of meeting the environment where you're at and seeing what happens. You know, hopefully bringing some element of joy and uh, seeing, yeah, seeing what happens. And so the thing about Mark Fisher Fitness is we happen to teach fitness. We happen to have group exercise classes and to do weight training. But it's really about meeting people where they're at and then potentially crafting some element of ridiculousness on the route to health and hotness. I also wanted to get to, you know, the fact that you were pre-med. Does any of that pour into... How you? Oh, absolutely! Represent I mean, yourself at Mark Fisher Fitness. I've been obsessed with like sports medicine, and um, you know, for as long as I can remember. I mean, I tried to be on some sports teams, um, but I was definitely <laughs> more interested <laughs> in sports injuries and the healing of sports injuries and athletic training. Not I mean, the I causing of sports exactly injuries. not the causing. Um, and so, I've just always appreciated um, the, the medical side of uh, of athletics and whatnot. And so, uh, my work as an EMT. Um, and then, like, just, you know, courses in anatomy and, and in science and whatnot just all f- not just fuel but definitely help me, you know, teach folks and, you know, understand a little bit about, uh, you know, how to help them get better. How does working with Mark Fisher complement your performing career other than you look great when you go to an audition? Oh, perform? Uh That's a really good question. You know what? Working at MFF, his um, authenticity and being true to yourself is such a core part of our values. Just in going through Snatched, um, I definitely felt empowered and permitted to just be in the world the way that I am. Uh I am what I am. I am my own special creation. We're going to have to pay for that. Oh, shit. Okay, so (laughs) I have that. Um, Anyways, no, it's just, so there's this authenticity that is at the core of their organization. And so that gives me not just permission, but 
it, uh, it, it allows me to – they support my creations. They support how I create. They support me as a creative entity um, because creating is a big part of what we do there. Honestly, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me because I now have a regular schedule and I'm encouraged to maintain my health and to do things that um, support my physical health. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. so crucial. Like all artists, the very first, you know, we use our bodies. And if we don't make that a priority at some point, it's going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. And they support and encourage that. And every aspect of my life has benefited from that as a result. A lot of my listeners are uh, performers themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have anyone who has or hasn't been to Mark Fisher Fitness, do you have any tips um, for fitness in general? Like, what, like, are there any, like, really common problems or obstacles that you find in your classes? Because most of your classes, I would, would you say that the majority of your clientele are in the arts? Actually, these days, no. no. I mean, I definitely, when the company started, uh, because it was friends of friends and through word of mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, that's definitely uh, a big part of the clientele, but more and more, it's people hearing about us through, you know, the Wall Street Journal or um, <clears throat> through different, you know, media things that have been happening. So it's 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 word the virus is spreading. Honestly, well, first off, as anyone has never been and you're in New York, come by any time. We're 411 West 39th Street. If I'm there, I'll show you around. If I'm not there, we have a beautiful team of Rainbow Wranglers who are more than happy to answer any and all of your questions. So come check us out, definitely. Um, and then other than that, you know, our big thing is nutrition. You know, it starts with nutrition. You cannot train your diet. And we have some amazing resources online and on our YouTube channel. You know, if you want more information, um, definitely check that out. So a couple of episodes ago, I started implementing a quiz in my uh, in my episodes. And, should um, I be nervous? You should not be nervous. <laughs> you should be excited. Okay, I'm excited. Um, but this is a first, uh, like creating all these firsts for my show. Um, I have two options for you. Okay. Two quizzes for okay. you. And you, you get to choose. Oh, jeez. All right. Um, one is subjective and one is objective. <gasps> The <laughs> the objective quiz is uh, I give you a list of titles and you have to tell me whether or not it is a title of a Wolf Eyes music album or a Richard Simmons workout video. Awesome! What was the, the it's Richard Simmons or what Wolf, Wolf Eyes Wolf Eyes Okay. I don't know who they are. Do I don't you? Know. <laughs> okay. What's the subjective? The subjective is <laughs> called. Are you a real unicorn? Oh. Let's go with that one. Matt has opted to go for the, are you a real unicorn? So I know I'm not a real unicorn. I believe in unicorns. As but do all Mark Fisher fitness As we people. do, yes, they exist. Yeah. So uh, just to give credit where credit is due, uh, this quiz was found on nerdtests.com. Yes. So check out that website. Nerdtest.com. All right. Um, question number one, are number you? Number one. So, so if you're a real unicorn, you'll know these answers. Okay. That's the premise. Understood. What kind of foods do you eat? Grass and stuff? Donuts? Om nom nom. Unicorn meat? I don't feel hunger. <gasps> I don't feel hunger. We'll find out the answer at the end, okay. boys and girls. Although I really do enjoy donuts and stuff. Well, nom 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 yeah, nom nom. nom. <laughs> Um, so glad that lolcats made an, appoint- an appearance on this show. Question number two. Where is your preferred location to live? In a cheesy dollar store kids section, 
in the Kud's, Kud's Main into Clouds? Oh. Under your bed, stalker face, in a cheap apartment building. Some things I don't understand. I feel very old. Into Clouds. Into Clouds. What is your awesome unicorn name? Is it Mr. Sparkle Farts? Whatever your name is. Awesome unicorn best name. Pie. Like, yeah. Names are for Pegasi. I prefer to be called Dude. Or none of the above. My awesome unicorn name is original and secret. None of the above. My awesome (laughs) unicorn name is original and secret. I feel like a seventh grader made this. (laughs) Question number four. So you go to a store and you see one of those kitty 25 cent rides. What do you do? Well, what's better to do? Ride this thing like no tomorrow. Walk past it. Ride it. Not very interesting. Or they have those in stores now? Ermagerd, let's go to ride one. Ride this thing like no tomorrow, yo. <laughs> I still do that. Absolutely. Especially if it's only 25 cents. Right? Do they take debit? Huh. It is Christmas, and your family is having a dinner, and you see that a can of unicorn meat was opened. <gasps> what do you do? Lick it. It tastes like something I know. Oh, never mind. Who did this? Brother, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Meh, guess I ain't, ain't, guess I ain't eating tonight. Or, there is no such thing as unicorn meat because unicorns don't exist. Who did this, brother? Can you hear me? I'm sorry. No, because unicorns would be like, you know, they, they wouldn't want you know, to draw attention to the, the family. Man, I guess I ain't eating tonight. Okay. That's quite ridiculous. Um, what is one quality of a certified unicorn? The horn, duh. Random awesomeness. Nothing because unicorns don't exist. Donuts. No, what no, question no, no, is this no. again? <laughs> All of the above or none of the above? Random awesomeness. I was hoping you'd say that one. I think you're going to be a unicorn. Um, what is the color of your mane? Sparkly sparkles with sparkles on top. Rainbows. None. I was shaved. (laughs) White. Or all of the above and more. All of the above and more. Because every unicorn is unique. All right, just a few more questions. There's only ten. Okay. Question number eight. What is a unicorn? Your face... Everything I am, something you will never be, a horse with a magical horn on its head, again, your face, a horse with wings, question mark, or all of the above? Oh my god, you are in seventh grade. Um, a horse with a magical horn on its head. Alright, we're going for the textbook definition. Yes, textbook. What is your favorite show? OMG, My Little Pony, Friends... I was going to say Friends with Benefits. What is it called? It's actually... Friendship is Magic, I think is what it's called. Um, or something called Unicorn National Icons. What is a show? Blah, TV, that is what regular ponies watch. Blah, TV, that is what regular ponies watch. Oh. Um, and last question. Do you like pancakes? The answers are, yes, I like pancakes. No, I prefer waffles. Pancake nom nom nom, or pancakes aren't good for a normal unicorn diet. Yes, I like pancakes. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm a little scared. Here we go. Matt Wilson, your test result. Are you a real unicorn? My result, you seem to be pretty fit. (laughs) 70% awesomeness. What does this mean? 
Maybe if you practice a bit more, you can show your full unicorn. I'll buy that because on, every day I'm just trying to get one percent better. I love that. Look at you. You turned that silly quiz around. You made it mean something. <laughs> Thank you, Matt Wilson. Thank you, Joby New. We've learned, and we've been a little silly. Uh, and now comes the part where we set up the song. Yay. So, um, Matt Wilson uh, requested this song, and I obliged, and I'm so glad that he did it, because it, it, I'm really, really... I think you guys are going to dig it. Uh, Matt Wilson requested to sing Sense of You, which is from my musical To Hell and Back. Which is an amazing show. Amazing show. Amazing show. And I keep telling Joel he needs to do it as a solo piece (laughs) in a bar with mood lighting. And then we're all going to come and just rock out in all, like, mythological emo glory. And that that may very well happen very soon. Um, We are working, we're gearing toward a summer workshop uh, just to get the, fee- the the piece on its feet for about a week. Um, we're talking to a couple of different venues, but if you are in the New York area and you know of a place that would welcome us in their space uh, just to see how the piece moves and sings, I mean, I'm not... Especially if they yeah. serve beer. And beer. So movement <laughs> and, and beer. beer. It's kind of our only requirements. Mm-hmm. So, um... So hit me up if you have you have a good idea of where we could do this piece. I thank you, listeners. Uh, so Matt Wilson is singing "Sense of You," which is from "To Hell and Back." Matt's been with the piece from the beginning. Really? I would say so. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. But Matt's always played the sidekick character uh, with with great uh, finesse. And um, so I'm really pleased that he wanted to sing something else from the piece. And um, I'm excited to share this song with you. Uh, let's see. It's at the very end. It's like the epilogue song, you know, where Jack has gone through this entire ordeal. and has... The end of the hero's journey. Exactly. Exactly. And he's starting to figure things out. I don't believe that you, sh- you know, I'm I'm hesitant. I don't always trust shows where the main character has everything figured out by the end. Uh, I just don't think that's realistic. I mean, you know, it's musical theater, so how realistic are we talking? But uh, but when it's a piece, especially one that, like, explores grief, as this one does, then um, I think just getting to see a glimmer of something I find very fulfilling. Um, so that's kind of what this song is, that glimmer of hopefully the next... <laughs> to Hell and Back 2, we're really happy now, or something, Yay! whatever that's called. One of the funny things is that... Um, because I wrote this song in, like, 2010, and uh, when I was teaching it to my singer friends, I made a track for myself. And it is the most awesome thing <laughs> I've ever heard. It's like this it's emo, indie, pop, rock, Scandinavian glory. <laughs> and Joel B. New not only sings lead, but he sings backup to himself. So it's, it's like Joel and the Joel B. Newettes. And it is so badass. And I used to listen to it when he first sent it to me. I would walk around Times Square and the sun was streaming and be in my headphones. It was my soundtrack for my day. <laughs> Thank you. I think there was a point where there were like five Joel singing at once. and in Because all, we need more than one Joel. I mean, no, we need more than <laughs> one don't. Joel. I mean, but, I wouldn't mind a couple of like help me do things, but um, but like walk my dog. But that's, <laughs> but that, that's, that's another story. But uh, so he, when he requested doing the song, he not only wanted to do the song, but he wanted to do it to that track. Um, and I said, "Okay, yay, thank you." <laughs> it was a dream come true. So you're here. So what you're hearing, um, arrangement wise, is the original like 
garage band version um, and DIY rock artist glory absolutely and uh, Matt is singing lead obviously thankfully and then um, but I am making a cameo in all the background vocals <laughs> so enjoy that um, Matt sounds fantastic on it oh, I'm thanks. really so really excited oh well thank you um, oh well I wanted to talk about um, the telephone voice oh yeah just because so, it's cool anytime you can alter your voice so it sounds like I didn't know what it was exactly I thought maybe it's like speaking into a megaphone or through a radio mm-hmm. it's a telephone voice and yeah, yeah it's called a telephone filter and so yeah sometimes when I record my own stuff I'll put a filter on my voice because I think it's fun or I'm trying <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh this will this will sound more professional and weird if I do this and um, and I've gotten critique on the filter before but Matt was like I think it's genius and Matt wanted the filter and yes, so please. I want all the filters so we're gonna put a filter on it I'm excited I'm excited thank you for liking my sensibility so much and we did this obviously we're at True, True Voice this week beautiful um, space beautiful f- facility right in Collins the sweetest right in, right in the middle of a Columbus like, circle, a circle yeah. yeah very convenient um, shameless plug um, we'll be we so obviously we are not at Broadway sessions this week. Um, we may have a couple more episodes uh, this season uh, hosted by by Ben Cameron over Broadway sessions. Uh, it kind of all depends on my guests' availability and the song selections and things like that. I was like, but but please stay tuned. Uh, we may or may not be partnering for the season finale, which will be the live concert, hopefully in August. Um, so just lots of fun little hints for you. Uh, remember, if you like Matt's recording of Sense of You, which you totally will, it's available for free download on my SoundCloud page. That is until the next episode. And if you'd like to request sheet music, you may write me at joelbnew at gmail.com for a free PDF. Follow me on all things social media, and you may find all those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. While you're there, feel free to click on the donate link on the po- on the podcast page. Any and all contributions go toward production costs and are supremely appreciated. Uh, I want you to visit Matt's websites, which are clownbaggage.com. Clownbaggage.com. And you can find me on Facebook.com backslash I know Matt Wilson. And markfisherfitness.com. Oh, that's right. Definitely go to markfisherfitness.com. Uh, subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Tell your friends all about it. Uh, special thanks today to Peyton Royal at Website Lines. Thank you, Peyton. <laughs> Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics. Thanks, Steph. Love you. Uh, Broadway World for just naming us one of the top 20 theater podcasts. What? Of it's course. True. They rock. It I know. True. I'm super happy and proud to be included with podcasts such as The Ensemblist. Uh, big episode 208 shout out to Nika. And Theater People podcast hosted by my new friend Patrick Hines. Uh, another special thanks to True Voice Studios NYC, truevoicestudiosnyc.com. That's true without the E, 212-245-2441. Perfect for voice lessons, group classes, coachings, recording, singer showcases, and podcasts. And last but not least, Matt Wilson, thank you so much for doing this. You're so welcome, Joel Vinu. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan. Oh, I'm a huge huge fan. fan. This is a meeting of the Mutual Admiration Society. Always, now and forever. From True Voice Studios at Columbus Circle, this is Joel B. New. And Matt Wilson. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new.
I never turn.